0: Let's just pray, and we're going to continue. If you've been coming, first time coming, uh, we've been doing a series that we're going to be doing for the next three or ha- three and a half years called Life of Victory, And uh, because we are all are victorious. Amen? Even if you don't feel like you are victorious, because Jesus Christ is victorious, and since we're in him, we are what? And since we have a great God who does great things, you're great people. So what we're going to talk about today is Life of Victory, and we're going to talk about... We talked about the enemy for so long. Now I'm going to talk about the warrior. I talked about our position last week. This time I'm going to talk about our weapons. Because we all have weapons that we can fight against the enemy. So we're going to cover that. It's going to be a two-parter. Because there's a lot of stuff in here about the weapons that you have every single day. How many left out the house with their weapons today? How many know what I'm talking about? How many don't know what I'm talking about? Oh. Half the people raised their hand, the other half didn't raise their hand. Okay, so we'll talk about that. But We're going to talk about the warrior, because say, I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. Say it again. I'm a say it again. I'm a say it again. All righty, all righty. So let's just pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you again, Lord God, for your amazing spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you teach us to learn tonight. And we just thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. The life of victory, the warrior and his weapons. Now, I'm going to go into Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 10. I'm going to read all the way to 18. And then we're going to unpack that, the different weapons that God has given us to attack, not attack, but to actually repel the attack of the enemy. How many believe this? As you're sitting here, There are forces trying to come in your mind to tell you things that are negative, trying to tell you things. It's not going to work. Whatever the situation you got tomorrow is not going to work. Uh, When you get home tonight, it's going to be a mess. Okay, that is the enemy. He's good at that. That's why God's word always replaces that. And we're going to talk about some weapons that's going to help you when you get up in every morning. And you're going to recognize what's going on with you. okay? so let's go to Ephesians chapter six. If you don't have a Bible, um, they will have it on the screen. But I've been telling everybody on Wednesday night, you got to come armed and ready with your Bible because that's one of your weapons. You can't leave home without it or you'll get pulverized. And the world said, amen. Anyway, I love this part. Starting in verse 10. Um, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, and we're going to have a good time with this. It said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Okay. Whose might is it? It Right then, I love this. You know, I recognize everything that we get to use in the kingdom of God. God owns it and he lets us use it and he doesn't charge us. Aren't you glad you don't have to muster up your own might? It's like a five-hour energy drink when you're strong. By 2 o'clock, you're like, I need another drink. You know, I'm one of those things. And God's spirit is always moving and always running. So in strength and his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In the last two weeks, you can go on the podcast. We talked about some of his schemes. He's always scheming. For we do not wrestle... Against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, again, it says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt, of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and at your shoes, at your feet. Now, one thing, it says finally be strong, and you see a word in there that's, I love it, stand, okay? I, love it, I read a book by uh, Watchman Nee. He calls us, he tells us to uh, three things that a believer is supposed to do. He's supposed to sit, walk, and stand. You sit in heavenly places with uh, Jesus. You walk as Christ walked, and you stand against the enemy. Three things he concentrates on. It's a great book. Uh, Sit, walk, and stand. Now, you see that word stand because we are able to stand because we have God with us. Now, you see here, there's one mistake that people make. People think that God and the devil are even. Now, the devil is a created being. Okay? God isn't. God is the creator of all things. Now, and we say, he can be everywhere at once. No, he can't. When you go through that scripture, you see that Satan, and then you see all these different things. I call that his organized army, the principalities. is an organized system assigned to, it's almost like how many, um, I think it's getting warm now, the gnats have been out. You seen the gnats? You walk right in the middle of them. And they just that's what his, that's what it's like the demons, his demons, his minions are like. they're just pain all over the place, buzzing all over your ear, all over the place. Well he has an organized army set to come against us, and you got to recognize it says this it's a spirit the enemy is spiritual, and this warfare is spiritual. We don't fight against flesh and blood, and he will use anything. And anybody to get his will across. Even some of your best friends, so you thought we were your best friends, and they come against you. It's not them, it's the enemy in them. Now he lodges in three different places. Okay? The world, himself, and us. I love TD Jakes's book. I have the enemy, enemy, the flesh. Wars against the spirit. Satan wars against us. And the world system wars against us. Some of the, system, some of the um, pressure you feel. So it's a spiritual warfare. And we need spiritual power to win. The natural is not gonna work. You won't even understand it. Okay? So that's what we're talking about these weapons here. It's spiritual in nature, but we have to employ our weapons. By faith. No faith, no weapons. And I'll tell you how quick he moves on you. Like some of you said, you're sitting here tonight hearing that stuff. He's moving on you when you're trying to worship God. You ever try to read your Bible and and it starts, and you can't get concentration. He messes with you, okay? Anyway, Alrighty. Now, the word wrestle means, I love this one, hand-to-hand combat. Up close, up close, hand-to-hand combat. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principal. We're wrestling hand-to-hand. He's messing with you hand-to-hand. Did it with Christ. We'll talk about him next week. Think about it. Now, there's certain things in here that I really um, enjoy. The, the equipment, we call it in the military, IPE. Is that individual protective equipment? Well, I call this one SPE, Spiritual Protective Equipment. And guys, I'm not kidding. If you don't have it, you'll stop short of any destiny that God has in your life. Because he puts something special in each and every one of us. And he's giving us some tools and he's giving us some SPE to put on. So first, you're free. And next, you can help your neighbor be free. Think about it. We have the equipment. Now think about the person across the street who don't know Jesus Christ. They have no equipment. They're working full time for him. Or they're ensnared by him. Now, how are you going to walk into a dark place with no into an enemy territory without the proper equipment on? Hey, it's just me. And we talked about the sons of Sceva. Remember those guys? Don't want to be in the book. Pastor Richard was beaten and running out of Grace Point Church naked. No, doesn't make good headlines. Think about it. So that's why we're going over this because it's so important and it can catch you up. Now, the first one, the first one I really enjoy. Now, I'm going to talk about something gonna say, I don't get that. You'll get a hold of us. The belt of truth. Now, Paul is using a picture of a Roman soldier. And he's talking about the belt. How many of you had your belt off with your pants fall down? Now, this is even deeper because I'm going to show my age now. My mother used to make me wash clothes. What he's really talking about, the Roman soldiers would put on what's called a girdle. Okay, someone help me with a girdle is. A girdle holds everything in place. <laughs> you had the two-parter or you had the one-parter, but you squeezing everything came up. You, if you got rid of the girdle, nothing was holding up, ladies. Y'all don't use that anymore. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's called what now? Spanx. Spanx, okay, not spandex. Okay, anyway, but it's a girl. He's talking about what happens is everything is held on. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Spanks. That's a good one. <laughs> anyway, I just looked. Anyway, I remember the clothesline. Anyhow, okay. but <laughs> Having bad pictures up here. Stop it. Anyway, you put the belt on, and it holds everything up. When we used to wear uh, IP gear in the military, The belt held everything. Without a belt, you had nothing. Now, he uses this analogy because the Roman soldiers, though they were heavily uh, protected, a lot of them got lazy and they wouldn't bring their equipment. They would go out and forget their equipment or leave it down the street or down the way. And they would go out and get hit in what they would call a dumb kill because they didn't have the proper equipment. I'm here to tell you, if you don't have the proper equipment, the devil will take you out. Now, I'm not talking about killing you. I'm talking about putting you in disorder. Whatever you are going to put together that day, he'll mix it up. He'll plant stuff in your mind, especially if you're going to go witness. You ever notice when you're about to go witness on campus or you're going to go share Jesus with somebody else? What happens? Everything. Why? Because he knows. He knows if you have the armor on, it repels them. The belt of truth. Now, truth is what holds everything together. You know what stops us from being um, world changers and non-world Changes. A lie. You know what stops me from um, kids from across the way all over here telling them that you can do, you can do great things? You can be president. You know what stops them? It isn't the system. You know what's stopping them that we have to root out of them is a lie. See, we were told lies by someone who even good things. You'll never amount to this. You're not strong enough for that. Give that to someone else to do. And it will stop you. It will be one of your what I call one of your um, game changers in your life, or showstoppers in your life. Most of your show stoppers that you're dealing with, guys, is not uh, a frontal attack. It's a lie that's lodged inside of there that will stop you on a dime. We hear it all the time when we get ready to preach. No one's going to hear you. It's a waste of time. Now, if I believe that lie, I won't do it. But the only thing that fights the lie is the truth. Now, here's the thing. There's only one thing called the truth. That's the word of God. Let's go to uh, John chapter 8, 31, verses 31 to 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will what? Know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Set you free. And when you know the truth, it sets you free into your destiny. To do the things that God called you to do. If it came out of the Bible and it's speaking directly to you, that is your truth, that is your promise, you go with it. I don't care what Negative. You ever excited and tell somebody your dream, and they laugh? That that can discourage you, couldn't it? But if God gave it to you, I don't care. I was laughing at you. Go carry it out. Or they someone you have? You know, well-rounded Christians. That's impossible. Thank you. I really feel good now. But with God, all things are possible. See the truth? And that's what it is. The belt of truth, without that, we can't go anywhere. You got to know the Word. And the Word's got to know you. Let me tell you what happens when you get in God's Word. He gets inside of you. You're reading the Word, He starts to read you. And you get, it's living and active and it's powerful. I hear Christians and I don't read my Bible much. Oh my gosh. You're living half lie then. You're going off your own sense. That's bad sense. That's no sense at all. Sometimes people you're so dogmatic about the because that's where the life is. That's where the truth is. That's where freedom is. Not in me. Not in Alan. Not in anybody here. Truth is in the word that comes directly from God. And when you hear the truth, something should just spark and raise you up, not put you down. Whatever lie you heard growing up, toss it because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And when all things have passed, the, all the lies and the labels have passed away. Don't rehearse them and don't go to the, to the, like we used to do in Japan. I lived in Okinawa. They would go during September to December, and they would go out to the graveyard and have dinner with the dead folks, hoping they would come alive and eat with them while they're there. And put so much, all of us in the quandary when we're over there. We can feel that spiritual heaviness. Guys, don't take what, what's happening in the past, and go to your grave was dead and try to resurrect it and carry it around. It's not yours anymore. Most of the stuff we're fighting against is a lie. It's from the past. It's before Christ. It isn't B.C. anymore. It's A.D. Come on, somebody. When we try to tell you that you're awesome and... You know what you're... No, I'm not, because you don't understand where I'm going through back then and you don't understand my upbringing... And, you know, I don't understand it, but I know one thing is dead. If Jesus' blood is cleansed, it's dead. I don't understand any of that either. Come on. That's, you know, that's the one thing. It isn't that you're being spiritually attacked. It's the lie you're believing. And we see it all the time. I was telling my wife the other day, man, on television, everyone that's on a commercial, a female, is a stick person. We used to draw them in third grade. There's no meat on anybody. And the guys are all like, come on, I mean, like, who's gonna look like that? And then we go to the gym and, and, and don't enjoy life because someone told us we're supposed to look like that. Oh, I'm hitting something. Someone told us we're supposed to look like that. No, Jesus said you're supposed to look like you. Here's my philosophy and leadership. Be you. Don't be me. You be a bad second second Brit, Richard Brown. Be yourself. Be you. Don't compare to what's this that's part of the world's pressure. Our kids have fallen apart from it. And what they're supposed to look like. And how they're supposed to act. How men are supposed to look. Man. I'm so glad God didn't bless me with all those muscles. Because it's a lot of work keeping that stuff up. Because like we, we tell you, 50-something years old. What you put up, you got to keep up. So if I got nothing to put up, I don't have to put nothing down. <laughs> That's it. Be who you are. I mean, really. I mean, come on. My honey love me. I'm good to go. I love her. That's good to go. I'm not going to spend all that money in a gymnasium trying to work something that ain't there. If God didn't give it to me, that means I'm not supposed to maintain it. <laughs> I walk every day. I walk. Pastor Rich walks. And I, pray, and I pray. And I walk. And I pray. And I watch him run past me. Run. I said, no, I know what the doctor says. I'm doing the same calories they're burning trying to run up and down the place. Have a good day. See you. I will have my hips later on. I'll have my knees intact when I'm 80 years old. Anyway, that was a commercial for somebody. (laughs) But I want you all to sense what I'm saying. Because that is a demonic attack against our young people and against you about who you are in Christ Jesus. That's how the world puts pressure on you to be something you're not. And those out there, when they turn 80 years old, they'll discover, I lived a lie, and I don't even know who I am. Amen? All So the truth, the belt of truth, holds everything together. Because a lie unravels everything. A lie unravels everything. The next one is, I love this, the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Now, there's two types of righteousness we're going to talk about tonight. The one I talked about last week, positional righteousness. And we talked about how you have been justified by Christ by faith. Justify, just as if you never sin, it's been wiped clean. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus not just took away sin, he became sin for us. That is your position. That doesn't change. For the sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I read something the other day we did in, in the men's um, breakfast. Because he is, I am. Because Christ is righteous, I am righteous. By position, because he is, I am. In fact, let's all say it together. Because he is, I am. And sometimes you need to take that scripture and write it down. When someone comes up to you, well, you know what you did last night. Because he is, I am. Now we're going to get into the second part. Where we get tripped up on, this one repels him quickly. The next one is what I call progressive righteousness, continually being sanctified, setting apart, um, looking more like Christ. Say this: I'm a work in progress. That is what's going on. You're moving, progressing forward. You're a work in progress. Progressive righteousness. And Ephesians four twenty four says it so perfectly. And to put on a new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. You're putting on a new self. The scripture before it says you take off the old self, you put on the new self. Though all things become new, now you start to walk in newness of life. You start to be progressively going into a more like Christ, walking in holiness, walking in a clear mind and a conscience, walking in integrity. Progressive. Where people fall apart on the progressive part is when, some, when, some, when the devil comes, Satan comes, and says, you failed at that. You should have known better than that. Well, if it's, revel- if it's new truth, you didn't know anything. Because, see, this is where condemnation comes versus conviction. When you hear truth, you repent, and then you walk in what? Faith. You repent, turn from, and you turn to. Now, you walk. People think you walk in this direction. You're actually doing this because you're going to walk into some what? New truth. You'll repent and go. And you'll walk into new truth. And what's happening? You're looking more like Christ every day. You never knew you had an attitude. Until you put some stress on, some hey, I like this part. Listen to this. You ever notice when you're going through something, you meet someone you didn't know? And that someone's you. Didn't know I had a temper. You know, it's like going through the uh, airport. You didn't, know I had, you didn't know you had that thing in your pocket. Getting, and God's, and the Holy Spirit's patting you down. Hey, man, what you going to do with some of that, this stuff you got here? Remember that? Now, okay, now I have one choice. I can actually um, not go through the process and say, well, I'm not going to go through, you're not going to let me through. Or I can throw it and walk through into glory from faith to faith, glory to glory. And as I'm moving forward. I'm moving into a toxic, more toxic-free environment, and I'm looking more like Christ. What happened with us in progressive, we quit. Now, we can fall into the part, I am righteous, I know everything, because I've been around. Oh, my gosh. Or oh, it's progressive, because everything I learn from Christ is brand new. Now, I'm responsible for what I hear, so I have to respond to what I hear. If it's repentance, I repent. But it's ever progressing down the road. I love what God. God is not done with me yet. If that was the case, if Jesus taught, treated the disciples in the first righteousness position that you know everything, He would have left. He had to start with another crew because they kept they messed up at the very end. They still didn't get it. Are you going to start your kingdom now? No, I told you I'm going up, and you're going to take care of this thing. See, he had grace, and here's the thing: progressive righteousness. He gives us the grace to get everything done. It's his grace. Not my grace, it's his grace. That's what I love about it. That's what's amazing about it. Progressive righteousness. If you've been going, if you're on a learning curve right now, don't condemn yourself. How many are um, a perfectionist in here? How many perfectionists I got in here? It tears you up when you think you fell short on your your, uh, rung. And everything is like this. Truth, repentance, and faith. Truth, repentance, and faith. Perfectionists think like this, and when you get hit, I gotta go all the way back. No, truth, repentance, and faith. Truth, repentance, and faith. See. And I didn't know it existed until pressure came or God revealed it to me. Like you said, this I love people until you get a call at three o'clock in the morning. And you're like, hang on, answer that phone. <laughs> and my well, says, love God, love people. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were on my side. I need my sleep. See? You didn't know he had that issue <laughs> until the phone rings. Just being honest. But he doesn't put the condemn tag on me. We used to have a green tag and a red tag in the military. Red tag was it went to the to the uh, scrapyard. Green tag it was being recycled back in. We repaired. Thank you. I've been out so long. It's being repaired. So if you have a downtime, God is downloading some stuff to you. You're being repaired. You're not being condemned. You're being repaired. <laughs> and we're always in constant repairing. But we continue moving. We don't stop and wait for the repair job to get. You don't know. You keep going. You're always fly, like us. You know, one guy, one guys we used to deal with in the military all the time. The ones who never got a jet off the ground was they were perfectionists. It has to be good. It Has to be right. It can't leak. I said you can't work on this plane. And I expected the leak. It's it's built to leak. The only way it's gonna repair itself is when it's in the air. So don't try to wait to get right, to get going. Get right as you're going. Because that's what stops us. I'm not qualified. I'm not right. I don't have enough training. You get training as you go. You get to going. And you'll be be surprised when the leaks disappear. But when you stop, what the book will tell you, you become a hanger queen. You'll never get off the ground. It starts to leak and it never gets anywhere. Couldn't leave a plane down longer than 30 days. It ain't going anywhere. Whatever it takes, guys, don't let your progressive work in progress stop you from getting down the road because as you're progressing up here, there's someone behind you who needs to be pulled into. Amen? Amen? Now, This is the last one. I'm going to end on this one. We'll pick this up next week. Shoes of the gospel of peace. Shoes. In the Roman army, they would put these sandals on that would give them great traction. As believers, we cannot afford to be on slippery traction. The greatest thing about us as believers is we have our rock, our, our feet are anchored on the rock, and our rock is Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified, see that again? By faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. As long as you know you have peace with God, you are on short sure footing. Now, the reason why I say it has to be short sure footing, you got to know that, if someone takes that word justified out or just you're just there, you're not justified, you're gonna worry if you're gonna fail God before you engage in it. He can attack you right away. You're not justified. You don't psh, loser. You ever hear that word? I hear that. Loser? Not smart enough. So who said that? But as long as you know you're justified, I got firm footing. Now you can throw stuff. And you can say stuff, but it isn't good if it isn't the truth. And I know I'm—I am on solid ground. Don't mess with that. Let me put it this way: I love the end of the last movie of Star. I don't know if that was the first or whatever. And um, Skywalker—was it Skywalker? Who was it? The guy Obi Wan had the high ground, and he tried to come up. He says, "This is over. I got the high ground." He went for it. When he went for him, he cut him up because he had solid footing. Church, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You have solid footing. Your education isn't solid. Our, definitely our economy we're learning is not solid. Our wisdom definitely isn't solid. I love God's judgment. Leave them to themselves. Only thing we know is solid ground that we need to be able to stand and stand there for is the truth that our feet are anchored in the rock and we are justified by faith. (laughs) I'm hearing this because there's a lot of you sitting in here condemning yourselves. On some expectation that you put there. And God will never give you something so high he's not going to equip you to get there. But you get there progressively. Progressively. Romans 10, 15. Talks about this. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now, as I'm telling you about standing and you're standing on the rock, that means anybody outside of Jesus is on slippery ground. Now, I'm going to tell you this, this, I love this. The most victorious Christian is a witnessing Christian. The most victorious Christian is a witnessing Christian. Because I have the rock, now I'm going to go share the rock. One, you're moving. Two, you're aggressive. Your aggressors on that which is in darkness. The most victorious Christian is a witnessing Christian. Because here's the thing. You're not thinking about your assets. You're thinking about the other person. And when you think about the other person, your stuff doesn't look so bad. Because at the end of the day, you know you're going to go see Jesus. At the end of the day, they don't have a clue who Jesus is until we go how beautiful are the feet? How anointed are the feet who will share the gospel verbally and non verbally? And we're going to learn to do that this summer as a team, as a community, to share the gospel. But the most, and when, I, when you do that, I recognize whenever I come in this place and I don't feel like doing much, when I start to help other people. Something just starts to change. Whatever I was thinking about or complaining about goes by the wayside. When someone needs prayer because their back is, I have nothing to think about right now because that means I just turned into them. And the most victorious person is the one that's helping other people, which will go against our whole grain of what church is all about. That's why I didn't tell Abraham, sit here until I show you, until I bring you the land. You told him, I'm gonna (laughs) you're not gonna find out where the land is until you what? Go. The most victorious Christian is the one that's reaching out and witnessing. Because as you're witnessing, you're learning, you're growing. Amen? Why don't we all stand? Next week we'll finish up. I think. How are we doing the weapons? Alrighty. I didn't get to the helmet yet. I tried to find me a helmet. I couldn't find one. So, you got me a helmet? Bring me a helmet next week. I'll, I'll preach with the helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> the bell, bring the belt. you going to bring the belt. Bring it all. Let me put it all on. Yeah. I'll even preach out of a gas mask. Come on, somebody. Anyway, <laughs> let me tell you something. My job is to remind you how, how talented how anointed, how set apart, and how awesome you are in God. If you notice, every sermon I come up with is telling you how great you truly are. Reason why? Because that's the truth. And my job, as Peter says, to remind you of who you are and whose you are. Because when we go down the road, and we start doing outreaches, you're going to recognize when someone says they're not going to listen, you're going to say, oh, no, I know I'm, I'm uh, great as he that's in me, that's in the world. They will listen. But I want to recognize, let you know that if you are a work in progress, welcome to the club. So am I. <laughs> it's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. It's grace. God loves you because you're amazing. Amen. So give yourselves a hand for it because you're so amazing. And do this, okay? I'm going to ask you to do this one time. I'm going to ask you to do this again. When you shake, when you clap your hands, smile. Thank you. Let me tell you, some of y'all are too young not to smile. Because what happens, you get older, your cheeks won't come up, and don't shoot nothing in your face to make them come up, because then you're like this, okay? Anyway, Father God, I just come in right now, and I thank you tonight, God. Bless these world changes. Father, I ask that you bless the rest of the week. We blessing over them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.